0: Is Lock It In, a sports betting show, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers.
1: And let's lock it in with Cam Rogers. That's me. What's going on? This is the Believe Podcast Network. Very excited to have on Jared Smith, lead betting analyst at Pixwise, at Jared Lee Smith. On Twitter, of course, you may recognize that name for all of the fantastic gambling insights out there on Twitter. Of course, Jared and I go way back. We have done many of on-air opportunities together, talking golf, betting, and what have you. So, Jared, what's going on, man?
0: Uh, not a whole lot. Getting ready for another exciting week of football. It's been a super entertaining month um, with the playoffs, and obviously, what coming, you know, coming off of Sunday's games and Saturdays, I guess, too. Um, I'm not sure if we can top that drama this Sunday, but I'm sure the NFL will have some curveballs in store for us uh, on Championship Sunday.
1: The greatest reality TV show, the NFL. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at the ratings from that Chiefs and Bills game last weekend. Hey, Jared, I want to start with your role at PicksWise. I've been following your content, your show, Let's Bet It, very much part of my gambling research. You do a fantastic job. Talk about your role there and working with such fantastic people.
0: Yeah, Pixwise um, is, I don't want to call us a startup anymore, because I think we've kind of grown out of that phase. But when I joined up this summer, it was still very much in the uh, larva stage of kind of figuring out content and moving over from. Um, so the, the history of the company is uh, Spotlight Sports Group, which uh, owns Racing Post, did a very successful job uh, in the 80s and 90s, starting a, a publication and going digital uh, in London. And that's where the company's based. based. And since then, um, have really started to make roots here in the States, especially over the last year or so that gambling has really become this uh, immovable force, this unstoppable mm-hmm. uh, freight train of content here uh, in the US. And Pitchwise is is the perfect fit for me because it's, it's very uh, analytical and intellectual. Bet better is our hashtag, but also there's an element of fun and entertainment, infotainment. Uh, as you will, wagertainment, as it's called. And I think that kind of suits my style, which, you know, is very analytical, very intellectual, but also a little more light and jovial at the same time. So the match was there. Uh, my my boss, uh, Dan Posner, has done an amazing job putting our team together on Let's Bet It. Uh, Lauren Jabbar and I have this incredible chemistry, and 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 I hope that that shows through on the show. And Alex Glaze does a fantastic job, too. And, and on the, the PicksWise playbook side, our weekly NFL show, It's been an honor, like honestly, like it's been a humbling experience to work with Chris Rose and Ross Tucker, two of people who I've grown up, especially Chris, uh, really grown up watching and really enjoying his, uh, uh, you know, his takes and and his jovial nature that he goes about his business and Ross is as knowledgeable uh, and as insightful as it gets. So it's been an incredible opportunity for me. Um, and I'm excited to have uh, more on the table because, you know, it's only my first year working there. And I think there's a lot of upside for gambling content here in the States. And I think uh, over the next year or so, you're going to see it change a lot. And I'm excited to see what the next uh, year, and what the future holds.
1: Minus 1 million that the content gets even better there for Jared Smith and Pixwise. <laughs> I love it. That. Hey, I want to talk to you from a macro perspective about the gambling journey. We have our cold streaks, We have our hot streaks, We have something in between. How do you deal with the peaks and valleys, if you will, from a content perspective and also just a regular gambler out there?
0: So I'll talk from the gambling perspective first, personally, because I've been betting on sports since I was 16 years old and I didn't really understand it at the time. I thought it was fun. I like watching sports. I grew up as most of us do in in sports households that watch their teams and their their favorite uh, players and and it, it became a competition. Um, and I was always always an athlete growing up. So uh, once I got to college, that, kinda, that dream kind of died as, mm. as, as most do. But I did play sports in high school. I was in football and, and baseball and, and a little basketball and golf. And, you know, that competition kind of you know, stays with you. And, and this is a way, I, that's one of the reasons I got involved in the media field to begin with, which is really where my path started, because I like being around the game. I like being close to the game. And this was kind of a way to stay competitive and, and, and stay around it. Um, And just like a a sport, when you're playing, you're going to have highs and lows. And I do think how you deal with that mentally is kind of what speaks to your character. Some people get really frustrated and they quit and and they don't think it's for them. And and that's okay if you don't think it's for you. Um, I I certainly won't hold it against you. But I think Um, Just like if you're training to be an athlete on the professional level, there are going to be times when you want to quit and there are going to be times that everything is going against you. You get hurt. You've got a game, you know, unlucky bounces go against you. It's just a matter of trusting why you started gambling in the first place, which is hopefully recreational. There's not a lot of people out there that are going to make money at this long term and make enough money to sustain a living. Mm-hmm. Um, so 99% of the people, probably almost hundred percent of the people that consume our content are recreational better. So being able to relate to them, I think is really important. And that's kind of where the content aspect comes in. I always try to be myself. I always try to be super transparent about how I'm feeling, whether I'm having a good day or a bad day whether I'm feeling like I need to throttle down or throttle up my risk. And I think the content perspective, it everyone tweets out picks. Everyone's, you know, you see picks all over the, the, the Twitterverse totally. these days. But I think the the future of gambling content, I think is going to be more personality driven. And I think it's going to be more people that connect with an audience and whether that be on an intellectual level, whether that just be because um, you're popular and you have a lot of followers. But I do think the connection with your audience is going to be key. So being honest with them is also important. And that's always my policy. If I'm feeling crappy about my picks or if I'm feeling like I need to take a break, I think I would prefer to relate that to the audience. And same thing when I'm feeling really good. Uh, I think it's important to relate those emotions to the audience. So just being honest and just understanding
1: that there's gonna be a lot of highs and lows, I think is really key. Could not agree more. It's all about fun. It's all about entertainment. It's all about finding somebody you can sweat with, right? It's the community, you know? It's not necessarily being right or wrong. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you know, we'll be 58% at best lifetime in terms of getting picks right. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it is all about fun. All right, bud, let's get into it. NFL playoffs. What do you make of the results so far from a handicapping perspective?
0: Um, I don't want to say predictable, but, you know, the Titans were the paper tiger uh, of the one seeds for sure. And obviously the Packers issues kind of reared their ugly head especially on special teams Hmm. I think the fact that the one seeds went down in consecutive games was surprising I expected at least the Packers um, and the Titans frankly to make it to the championship round but uh, that was not meant to be I think the Niners do have this team of destiny vibe to them and I think that Kind of has shown with the results they've gotten some nice bounces they've played well in the intangible areas like special teams and you know gotten a few um, you know things go their way that maybe didn't go their way during the regular season mm-hmm. um, and I think the Chiefs and the Bills are the two best teams and it's a shame that we didn't get to see that transpire in the championship game like we did last year but I, I think it's going to be tough to top what we saw Sunday night at Arrowhead. I think the Bengals are a really nice story, but I would be surprised if that story continues uh, heading into the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. So here we go. Chiefs are laying seven in this matchup against the Bengals over under currently at 54 and a half. You know, it's tough to lay seven in an AFC championship game, Jared, but I might go chiefs.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I think Kansas city or pass for me, I think it's a really good, even though it's a high total game, which tends to push me away from teasers. Um, I do think it's a good teaser spot for Kansas city because you do have a good game later that, you know, you could pair it with, you know, especially if you like on the Niner side, pushing that line up, but I think moving the chiefs through seven and three, getting it down to one, I I don't see a path to Cincinnati winning this game. And that's why I struggle to take the points with the Bengals. I I think the Bengals defense is really what is going to prevent them from winning this game. I just don't see them getting a stop when, if the bills defense, which is the top unit, top five unit across the board, couldn't get a stop when the game was on the line. I just don't see how the Bengals are going to get that crucial stop in the second half against Patrick Mahomes. When the game is on the line, Um, I I think their secondary and their linebacking core is a little bit, it's a bad matchup here. And the reason I say that is because in the first game, these two teams played Travis Kelsey was in his first game off the COVID list. Only had five catches for 25 yards, which by his standards is a very poor uh, game. And, Clyde Edwards-Elair, and Jarek McKinnon, neither of them played in that game, and when you look at this Bengals defense, they gave up the fourth most receptions to tight ends this year, fifth most receptions to running backs, and the best running back tight end combo for the Chiefs was a very undermanned unit in that first matchup, which the Bengals did win 34-31. The Chiefs were up 14-0 at half, 14-0 in the first quarter, 28-17 at half. Then some very floopy stuff in the second half, I think, pushed the Bengals across the finish line. Chiefs only had three possessions in the second half of that but game. Jamar it Chase converted a, yeah, Jamar Chase converted a third and 27 and a ton of penalties and the late penalty that allowed the Bengals to basically take a knee in and kick the field goal. So I just don't see it, it playing out in that way. Again, I see the Chiefs getting off to a lead. I see Joe Burrow keeping things close, perhaps. But at the end of the day,
1: I just I I don't think that Bengals defense is going to do enough to uh, get the stops that it needs to win the game. I really like the idea of a tease to minus two and a half for the Chiefs there. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Before I forget, I do want to just backtrack real quick, Jared, because you talked about the 49ers, team of destiny, what have you. And I could not help but think about the Giants 07, the Giants 2011. Are you a Giants fan or Jets?
0: Jets fan. Sadly, I've got the (laughs) helmet.
1: Oh, there you go. There you go.
0: 11 years since
1: we've last been in the playoffs. Now it's the longest streak in the league. Um. I have to ask you a poll question here. Going okay. back to the 2007 season, would you rather have been a Giants fan, two Super Bowls, mediocre years, or a Packers fan, one Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers, multiple playoff appearances, but that's it? What say you, Giants? Okay. And 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 again, I'm I'm biased because I live in New
0: York, and maybe I'm also a little bit biased because I just I grew up. Kind of not hating the Packers, but I was a Niners fan um, until I was 10. And then I got converted to my hometown New York roots. So I was a big Niners fan growing up because I was a big fan of Steve Young because I'm yeah. left handed. And so I love those Niners teams in the 90s. And that was always a big rivalry against the Packers. And the Packers had plenty of Super Bowls and, and you know, Brett Favre winning that Super Bowl during my, you know, uh, comeuppance in, in my childhood. But take nothing away from those great Packers teams and the ones with Aaron Rodgers, but there is something different about winning in New York. And again, maybe that's just because I'm biased because I've I lived you. here my, most of my life and I've seen how bad teams are received. And there hasn't been a lot of success in, in this city over the last decade. The Yankees were the last championship back in 2009. And there's just something, you know, and, and, and the Giants too, excuse me, in 2012, but there is just something about winning in New York. That is different, and so I would lean Giants there.
1: Okay, all right. You know, it comes down to whether you want the rings or sustained success, but not quite getting there. I mean, it's kind of a weird paradox. Eli's great too. You yeah, watch great. there you go. There you go. Eli's the best. Uh, putting a bow on this AFC Championship game here, Jared. Your best bets? Any props? What are you at with the total here? Your thoughts?
0: So I, I did jump on the over very early on. Um, I, I released a column on uh, Picks on Monday. And um, I grabbed the over at 53 and a half. I I think that's where I'm leaning, but now that it's up to 54 and a half, I think it's probably going to close 55 based off of, you know, some of the early uh, public money that's coming in on the over as well. To me, that's where I would probably pivot back to the under. And I I, I just, I'm, I'm weary about going over big totals in playoff games. I know the bills chiefs game just flew over the total, but let's be honest. If, uh, Josh Allen doesn't convert that fourth and 13, um, which was the touchdown pass to Gabriel Davis. I think that game stays under. Mm. And um, I, I think overall the Bengals defense is going to go into this zone shell and they're going to make Patrick Mahomes dink and dunk. And that's why I think the receptions props for maybe the running backs or the tight ends, maybe a touchdown prop for Travis Kelsey would probably be my best solo bet on this game. But really the teaser to the chiefs at one is to me the way to play it because yeah. you get Kansas city money line for the game basically. And I just don't see them losing this game. What is the line? If you do
1: tease it to minus one, Jared, do you know?
0: Um. So if you do, so the teaser that I locked in um, this week is uh, chiefs minus one niners plus nine and a half. Okay. And I got minus minus one twenty um over a DraftKings, So I think that's, that's the way I'm going to play it. I think for the teaser this week.
1: Yeah, I like it. So official pick you're going chiefs over Bengals outright.
0: Yeah, we'll go. To, we'll, we'll we'll give out the teaser as the official pick this gotcha. week. So then the Chiefs minus one over the bank over the Bengals.
1: There you have it. All right. NFC Championship game, man. Rams and 49ers. Rams are laying three and a half over under at 45 and a half. Let me ask you this. How much stock are you putting into this six game win streak for the 49ers? Is volatility going to come through at some point here?
0: I'm putting a lot of stock into it. Um, Shanahan just owns McVay. And, you know, we've heard that on every media outlet this week. Oh, they're, you know, they won a bunch of games again. Why? That's what I always ask. Why are the 49ers such a bad matchup for this Rams defense? And I think um, I was reading a pro football focus article this week that laid it out very nicely. Eric Eager, one of the better uh, analysts for them, um, gets credit for this. So the Rams defense Runs the most pre-snap motion, especially in the secondary, of any team in the NFL. They try to disguise their coverages. They play a lot of zone, almost eighty percent zone, and they've a lot of a lot of pre-snap movement. Well, the Niners are a really bad matchup for that defense because the Niners run the most pre-snap motion of any offense in the NFL. So it's kind of this cat and mouse game between Shanahan and um, you know the Rams defense. And it just seems as though kind of like in blackjack where the, you know, the dealer gets to you know hide their card until the last possible moment when you have to decide whether or not you're going to hit or you're going to stay uh, the, the, the Niners offense kind of gets that last lick because they're the one that gets to run the play and the Rams have to adapt to it. So both of these teams are going to run a ton of motion pre-snap and maybe the Rams are going to make an adjustment this week, but from what we've seen in prior matchups, that pre-snap motion on the Niners offense tends to make the Rams defense a little bit unbalanced. And this Rams defense, which again, plays a ton of zone. They don't play a lot of man. They don't defend the run that well, and they're kind of built to defend against these great passing offenses in the league. They're great on the edge with Donald coming up the middle a little bit and you get Floyd and now Von Miller and they're great in the secondary with their corners, but At the linebacking level, at the safety level, which is what you really need to defend the run, they're not that good. They're not a very strong run-blocking, run-defending team. And the Niners, again, are kind of the change-up to what these traditional high-octane passing offenses have become in the NFL. So as good as the Rams have been and as solid as they are defensively, This is a bad matchup for them. So to me, I do think I put a little stock in this winning streak because I do think at their core, the Niners
1: are the kryptonite for this Rams team. I'll tell you what, the 49ers have that physicality. The offensive line is great in run blocking. And as long as Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't screw it up, they can win this (laughs) game outright. Now, if only, and you feel like it's going to happen. He almost gave it away against the Cowboys. So it's like, do you think it happens this weekend, Jared? I mean, I don't know. I just, I can't get there yet because of him. I understand. And that is
0: definitely um, going to be the reason why a lot of people don't get to the window on the Niners this week. The counter argument is say, there are throws that will make you pull your hair out, and that could very well cost them the game. But if you look at the stats, the Rams have only allowed nine or more yards per attempt twice all season long. Both games were against the Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow. There is just this. Kryptonite that the Niners have against this Rams defense. And again, maybe this is the game where Donald and Miller and Floyd just get after Jimmy G and maybe disrupt that shoulder becomes a thing. Who knows? Obviously, it's an NFL game. Anything can happen when they kick the ball off. But if you're looking at the stats and you're looking at the previous trends and, and angles to this game, there is something about Jimmy Garoppolo that just you know, uh, addresses this defense really, really soundly. And when I look at what the numbers tell me, it's hard not to want to take three and a half points with a team that on paper matches up very well against this Rams defense.
1: Right. So three and a half, you like that is what I'm hearing.
0: Yeah. And again, the teaser leg, and and that's why the teaser is calling to me this week. Sure. Um, Because we get the chiefs at a money line price, and then we get the Niners from three to nine or three and a half to nine and a half. And, you know, I think they can win the game outright, but even if they don't, even if they fall behind early, what have we seen Sean McVay do with leads in this, not only postseason but also against the Niners in week 18, when they were up 17 nothing? they get conservative and they go away from their early down passing game, which has been the success of the Rams offense. And they start pounding Cam Akers in a line of scrimmage. It didn't work against the Bucs. The fumbled snap and the fumble by Cooper Cup and the Cam Akers fumble certainly didn't help. But let's be honest, the Bucs were already kind of, trending that game back to a tighter margin even before those fumbles and those uh missteps so i think getting nine and a half with the niners uh in a teaser is, is just a really attractive
1: way to play this game i really like the jared smith teaser special here minus <laughs> one plus nine i might have to bet that after this show I Love it. anything else on this one totals props what are you looking at
0: Yeah, the total ticked down a little bit. You know, this is the third game between these teams uh, this season, so that would lend you to believe that it'll be a bit of a tighter affair. Um, I would not take last weekend's results on the Niners' offense and try to carry them over into this weekend. That was a very strange game. Um, Multiple drops in the first half. George Kittle dropped a wide-open catch over the middle. He's probably still running. If he catches that. And honestly, I thought Jimmy played relatively well in that game. He had a few quackers, few, 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 few duck balls that probably could have, should have been intercepted. But I think the Niners offense um, probably a little undervalued in this game because of all the matchups we talked about. So the fact that the total ticked down from 46 and a half to 45 and a half is a little surprising. Um, And if it continues to move down, especially to that key total number of 44, Mm -hmm. 51 and 44, those kind of total numbers, those key numbers I look at, those are the first and the second most landed on totals in the NFL this season. So if that total continues to drop down to 44, which I don't think it will, but if it does, then I will be on the over in this game, but I think at 45, it's probably a no play props wise. Really tough to uh, gauge in the props market. Debo Samuel's rushing prop has been an interesting one, but I think the market's finally caught up with that. It's gone up from 28 and a half in the Cowboys game. It was in the mid thirties against the Packers. Now it's at 40, 41, probably a stay away there. Um, And and I think George Kittle is a guy that I would look to in the end zone. If they're going to still give me two to one on his touchdown prop. um, To me, that feels like a play. It was a play for me last week. I thought he probably catches that, that, that first half one and scores, but didn't end up working that way. Um, And I think overall, this is the Niners offense that is probably a little undervalued. Maybe a Niners team total if you're really interested uh, in getting in the weeds there. But overall, no official
1: plays on the props uh, or
0: the total in this Niners-Rams game.
1: NFC Championship game, Rams taking on the 49ers. Can the Rams finally end this streak? We shall see. I want to talk to you quickly about futures here, Jared. Is there any value whatsoever in a Super Bowl outright? Is it too shallow at this point? You can also bet on the matchups that could happen. So what do you think about that?
0: So I'm on the Niners 15 to one to win the NFC. I gave that out in the picks wise futures column a few weeks ago. And I also, I, 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 I'm surprised that there haven't been more people that did this, but I've got a ticket on the chiefs too. It's 16 to one wow. and seven to one to win the AFC. So I feel really strong about my futures position right now. I would not bet the futures market at this stage. There's no value in it. Okay. Um, It just, they suck the value out of it once you get into the playoffs and they really make it harder to make, to get the true odds of those teams if you like the Niners to win the Super Bowl bet a money line this week and roll it over to the money line next week or two weeks because they'll be an underdog in that game you'll get a little better value doing that and I I think we're gonna get a rematch of of uh, Super Bowl what was it 50 Uh, uh, I forget what the numbers were but it was that Niners uh, Chiefs Super Bowl two years ago which I thought was a Really good Super Bowl, 54, I mean, I one think. of them. Yeah, when I, I forget what the numbers are these days, I lose track of the Roman numerals. But <laughs> uh, th- that Super Bowl was tremendous, and I would love to see a rematch of that. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out uh, on Sunday. I think that Rams Niners game is
1: going to be really fun. You're a busy man this weekend, my friend. I appreciate the time, Jared Smith, lead betting analyst at PicksWise. Use the handle at Jared Lee Smith on Twitter. What's coming up this weekend in terms of content, my man?
0: Well, we got the PixWise playbook dropped um, on Thursday. And of course, that'll be re-airing all over the PixWise YouTube channel. We've got a podcast form as well. And then let's bet it will be live Saturday morning, Sunday morning, the lead up, the build up to Championship Sunday. Um, I don't know who else I'm hoping. I think Alex Glaze. I think Lauren is going to be doing one of the shows, but she's got some Hawks duty as well to worry about. But it'll either be myself, Lauren Jabbar, Alex Glaze, and Mark Zeno has been doing a great job too, hopping on with us. So lots of good uh, Pixwise live content this weekend for your
1: viewing pleasure. There you go. Jared Smith. Appreciate it. No worries.